Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen, episode 13, Are Women Allowed to Be Pastors in Christian Churches? So as always, you can reach me at angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com, and uh, we will discuss in this episode the qualifications of a pastor, what the role of women is, and what the role of women is not. Uh, what this episode is not about is equality of the sexes. It is understood during this episode that the Bible recognizes uh, the physical, emotional, spiritual strengths and weaknesses of both sexes. And the Bible clearly teaches that all men are created equal, men meaning mankind. So Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. So just keeping that in mind throughout this episode that men and women are created equally and God does not look at gender in, in that regard. Also, uh, socially, keep in mind, um, this is something a lot of people aren't aware of, but every country in the world that has allowed the Bible to be taught has changed its laws to give women equality in society. Every country in the world that today does not allow the Bible to be taught, subjugates women, treats them as slaves, second-class citizens that can't drive, can't own property, can't run a business, can't vote, things like that. So the Bible clearly has borne out the equality of the sexes in every society that allows the Bible to be taught. Uh, the other thing this episode is not about is um, the verse that talks about submission. Uh, women uh, submit themselves to their husband. So we're not going to be talking about those things today. This is just going to be about the qualifications of a pastor. First of all, let's look at why God created women. Women were created specifically to help man. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, a woman was taken from uh, the rib of Adam's side and the woman was formed and given to him, not as a master over him and not him as a master over her, but to be a companion or the words of the, the Bible says to be a help meet. The woman is supposed to meet the man where he's at and help him with the jobs that God has given him. First Timothy 2, 7 through 14. This is Paul talking and he says, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ, and I do not lie. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh men professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So the word usurp means to take the place of someone in a position of power illegally. So that is clearly saying that the woman in this instance, when he's talking about being a preacher and an apostle, is not to be the teacher to take away that authority from the man. Not that a woman cannot teach, not that a woman should never be the teacher, but should not supplant or usurp or take away that position 
that is given to the man. So that's just one verse. Uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians eleven three and 9. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. So man has to be in subjection to Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. So woman has to be in subjection to the man. And the head of Christ is God. So Jesus Christ had to do what God the Father wanted. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. I just wanted to read a quick excerpt from compellingtruth.org, Women and Pastors. It says, The order of creation and the nature of the fall impacts spiritual leadership in the church and in the family. Women are not to teach or have spiritual authority over men because women were created to be helpers to men and because Eve was deceived into sin. Through creation and because of the fall, God has chosen to give men the primary teaching authority in the church. So what exactly does this mean practically? What are women restricted from doing? The clear implication is that women are not to serve in any role which involves the authoritative spiritual teaching of men. So this is very interesting if you look at the creation. Man was created first. He could not find a helper, uh, a mate for him. So God created woman. And God gave Adam a job to do in the garden. It was tend the garden, name the animals, take care of the things that God had created. And then he gave Adam Eve as a helper, as a help meet. So that in itself, that phrase help meet kind of has involved in it the idea of equality. They meet together to accomplish a task. But she was created for him, which means in order of creation and in order of the authority that was given, he was in charge and the woman was created to help him meet those goals. Based off of that, and then what Paul said, that Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So you have yet another reason why he lists there in 1 Timothy 2 that a preacher or an apostle was supposed to be a man partly because of the punishment of the fall at the very beginning. So if you go back to Genesis, you see that in the fall, uh, women were going to have pain and more, more pain in childbirth, and men were going to have to till the ground and fight the thorns and thistles and work by the sweat of his brow. So each one of them was given a different punishment. And it could be that Part of that was, okay, now the woman is not allowed to be the preacher in the church. So very interesting as far as what the woman was created for and what happened at the fall there. Now, if we look at the specific qualifications of a pastor, and this right here is where there, there can be no question. The Bible is very clear. It says in 1 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 7, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in sub subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. 
So the word bishop there is the same as in Acts 20, 28, um, where it says, Take heed therefore unto yourself and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. So bishop is the same as overseer, which in modern day words, we say pastors usually is the, the term that we use. So if you desire the office of a bishop, you must be the husband of one wife. That is very specific. You cannot believe that to be in the office of a bishop, you can be the wife of one husband. That would be completely reversing two words that in the Greek are very specific. Not to mention that in that passage alone, there are at least 10 times that a masculine verb or noun is used as opposed to feminine. And in the Greek, it's a different ending for the words when it's masculine or feminine, which means if you're going to say that a woman can hold this office of a bishop, you had to change the word husband to wife. You had to change the word wife to husband. And you had to say that the writers that Paul didn't know he was using masculine words at least 10 times in this. That's completely ludicrous. It's very clear that the qualification of a pastor is that he only have one wife along with all those other things, which means a pastor must be a man, not a woman. Now, there's also the same qualifications listed for elders in Titus 1, verse 5 through 9. For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city, as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or being unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, etc., etc., etc. It goes into the same qualifications. So an elder and a bishop must be the husband of one wife, meaning they have to be a male. So let's not uh, forget the role of women as teachers, witnesses, even prophetesses in the Bible. Women have the ability to have the exact same spiritual gifts as men have. So let's talk about teachers. Titus 2, 3 through 5. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine. So you'll see here a lot of the things that they warn about the elders and the bishops. Okay, now it's saying about women who are older, wiser, they have these qualifications to be a teacher. Not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Women are encouraged to teach other women and children. Women seem to excel far beyond men in some of the spiritual gifts and fruits of the Spirit. Keep in mind that women being restricted from spiritual teaching authority over men is not a punishment. Rather, it's a refocusing on the ministries, skills, and gifts that God has blessed women with. So some of those gifts are 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10 says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But we are all one body. And then Galatians 5, and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. 
clearly some of these things women are more apt to, to be good at than men are. So using those gifts in the way that God wants them to be used is the best thing. So as a teacher, there's no doubt that women a lot of times are able to be better teachers than men are. But the Bible clearly says they are to teach other women and to teach children. The second thing that the Bible teaches about women is uh, they are to be a witness, to tell others what God has done for them, uh, to proclaim the truth. Mary, in the book of Luke, ran and told everybody about Jesus's tomb being empty. Many early church Christians were named by Paul as women in Romans 16 and Acts 21. Um, there's other verses that talk about the prophetesses. The prophetess had the, the same role as a prophet, uh, one who teaches or explains scripture. It is not a t- contradiction to say that you can be a prophetess, but not a pastor. Clearly, women are to be, have the ability to teach, but not to lead the church congregation when the Bible talks about the flock and the bishops and the elders who are leading the church of Christ. Every time it talks about that specific role, it is men. So it's not a contradiction that a woman can be a teacher or a prophetess. So keep in mind, there's two different types of prophets. One is just someone who expounds truth, explains things to people. So again, like teaching. Another one is one who actually foretells the future. So uh, let's see, there's, there's a couple of verses here. Um, John chapter four talks about the woman at the well that went and proclaimed to any that would listen about what God had done for her, about what Jesus Christ had done. So women can be witnesses. They can also prophesy, which could be having visions, foretelling the future, etc., as well as just speaking truth. So Miriam, Moses's sister, um, was seen as a prophetess. Uh, Holda in the Old Testament, 2 Kings verse 22, was not the priest that ran the church, but she was a prophetess, a true speaker that was the wife of the man that kept the wardrobes uh, for the king. So she was a very important woman. People went to her to learn uh, and to seek her advice, but she was not in charge of the church. Uh, Deborah in Judges chapter 5 in the Old Testament, she led Israel. Again, she was a great leader for the government. Even as a warrior, she killed the enemy king, but she was not a pastor. She was a leader and a judge of the nation, not of the church in the synagogue. Acts 2, 16 through 21 says, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So in the end times, there will be handmaidens and your daughters that will prophesy. Now, whether that's foretelling the future or just telling, explaining the truth to people, I don't know. But it doesn't say they will be pastors, but there are women that will prophesy. So in summary, women were created to help man, not to take over his role as a leader. 
qualifications of a pastor are clearly stated that it must be a male, a father, and a husband. The same qualifications are listed for elders. Note that some churches use the different names, deacons, elders. Those terms are sometimes used synonymously. But two offices in the church are for men only. The Bible uses the word overseer, which we call pastor, and elder, which comes from the word presbyter, which we call deacons today. And then lastly, remember that women's roles as teachers, witnesses, and prophetesses use many of the same gifts as pastors have, but in a different role, not as the leader of the flock or the leader of the church. So in conclusion, women can have the same abilities and spiritual gifts as men. Nobody's saying women are unequal. Men should honor and respect women and even go to them for advice if they are godly and gifted or knowledgeable in a certain area. However, women are not to be pastors or deacons in the church because that would be usurping the spiritual role that God has given to men. So as always, if you have any questions about these things, feel free to email me. I'd love to expound a little bit more on it. Uh, It's a very touchy subject. People think that it's referring to inequality of the sexes or submission or dominance or or male chauvinism or, or a number of different things. But the Bible is not saying that at all. Uh, the Bible has always proven um, to be a book and a religion, and our God has been proven to be a God that is not a respecter of persons. And we can respect the different roles of men and women without putting down men and women. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking to you on Thursday.